It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. We call this our scattered thunderstorm season, as we release one episode each week in anticipation of our exciting winter daily podcast series starting January 17th. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Well, Eric, it's exciting to be back with you in the studio. We've been walking through this 12-part series, talking about 12 practical truths that Christians need in these days. And again, we're, we're kind of building toward uh, our upcoming series that releases on January 17th. But over this past fall, you walked through a series called Daring to Do as Stanley Dell, which is a fun title. Yeah. Uh, would you flesh out, okay, maybe who is Stanley Dell for those who haven't uh, listened to that series, but uh, what was the whole series about and why should someone listen to it? <laughs> Yeah, it's going to match well, I think, even with the topic that we're dealing with today, which is sort of the idea of fearlessness. Uh, it's a big, big deal, the issue of fear. And back in the late 1930s, there was a lot of reasons to fear. Uh, and so you have World War II, you have the Great Depression in America. There was a lot of fear uh, in the world. And there are these few missionaries that are going to, in the midst of one of the darkest hours in world's history, they're going to turn their gaze to the lost in Irian Jaya, Papua New Guinea, which is one of the most treacherous places on earth, not just geographically, like the topography of that nation is dangerous. It just is in every regard, just sheer cliff faces and rushing mighty rivers. And But then the people uh, were demonically controlled headhunting cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> and so who in the right mind would ever want to? You already have enough difficulty in this world. Why are you going to choose even more difficulty by going there? And so Daring to Do with Stanley Dale is a study basically, it's based on a premise, the unreached can't reach themselves. And that the Christian has a strange desire to reach those that have not been introduced to the gospel. And so that's what it's a study. And it's a study of not just Stanley Dale, but it is, you know, we're going to use Stanley Dale almost as a symbol, a uh, symbolic character, because he was a very imperfect man. But wow, he is an impressive character in how God used him and what he was willing to do for Jesus. But it's a study of many missionaries that are going to make this up this movement. One of the most powerful missionary movements, maybe in all of world history, happened between the late 1930s, 1939 to like 1969. Right in there, you're going to have this harvest of souls in this territory that most people would say, there's no way that they're going to come to Jesus. And yet we're going to see a miracle take place, but it's because men and women laid down their lives. And so so it is a very, very inspiring series. And what these men and women had to have was fearlessness. That's right. In fact, I think it was probably one of my favorite series you've ever done. Well, thus thus far. Oh, I yeah. Should, should. My upcoming series is going to be better, <laughs> of course. Well, and one of the reasons we've been just releasing one of these series every single week uh, in this season is because we do want people to go back and get caught up on some of these old series. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the Stanley Dell series, it is so powerful. In fact, Leslie sneaks in for several episodes. Yep. Dan, Dan even, even has snuck a, in for yeah, one. cameo appearance. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so there, it is such a rich uh, exhortation to lay down one's life and to walk in the reality of missions and just that mission-minded fearlessness, yeah. which is actually maybe a good transition for this particular episode. The enemy loves to operate in fear, <laughs> just that foreboding, that trepidation, anxiety, yeah. that it seems like as you look at the world today, it seems like everyone yeah. is living in this, oh no, what about, yeah. what if, yeah. and we're all in this state of fear. Could you maybe flesh out why why is fear so leveraged by the enemy yeah. and, and what is 
the Christian response mm. and all that? It's it's one of the it's like almost like you could say the smell of the fragrance of the enemy kingdom. So you, when the enemy is making his move, that's how he controls. He has no power. He was defeated at the cross, and yet he has power over those that fear. And so it's like it, in a strange way, it lends him a position of credibility. It lends him a position of strength in someone's life when they give way to his bait. It's it's even fascinating because all of us could probably attest to anxieties and fears in various ways throughout our life. But something about the last, uh, it's, it's getting close to two years now, but a year and a half plus when the COVID movement took place in our world, uh, I would have said that I could almost draw a line in the sand in American history where mid-March of 2020, before mid-March of 2020, fear was considered a weak attribute. And it would have been something that most of the culture would have agreed is not something you should prosper in your life. And after March 15th, it became hip, in vogue, and cool. And if you're part of the in crowd, you are scared to death. That's a weird shift in a culture. And, and so it, this, it was almost overnight. I mean, it was like it a was. light switch. And yeah. since you and I spend so much time dealing with fearlessness as a as a key attribute or function of the successful Christian life, it becomes very interesting for us because now what we're saying, well, we didn't realize it, you know, that before March, mid-March of 2020, what we were saying was, you know, somewhat conducive. And most people would be like, yeah, yeah, I want that. But after mid-March <laughs> of 2020, it became passe and dangerous to heed the teachings of Eric and Nathan on that point, because that's part of our preservative. If we're going to preserve the world today, we need to be fearful of this thing called COVID-19. And so what we see is a spirit of the age that is now including the idea of radical fear. And so that makes it very, very uh, important, imperative for the believer to know how to engage with this thing known as fear and anxiety. It is not something that we should touch. Technically, as a believer, we should be like, uh, it should be like a, we're, we're the duck and it's water and it's just water off a duck's back. It does not saturate. It does not permeate our life and our soul. It can be there. It can knock, but it doesn't have entry. And there's a difference between someone knocking on your door and you saying, no, thank you. And someone knocking on your door, you opening the door, them coming in and sticking their muddy boots on your coffee table. And that's for many of us as believers, we have allowed something into our inner domain that actually has no business being there. It's defeated. We are believers and we believe in the God who preserves us from all the enemy nonsense. And that's historic Christianity. It's always been that way. And so for us, one of the illustrations I oftentimes give is, you know, here we are, we're entering in this colder part of the year, you know, here in Colorado. I don't ever like to pitch Colorado as if it's a cold, snowy place. It's really not. It's a sunny, beautiful place. I'm trying to recruit students. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it can get cold and it can get snowy. But it's beautiful when, it, when that if, happens. Even when it it's because it's sunny and then it shows. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then you see the mountains and they're covered <laughs> with snow. It's beautiful. You see, all those that are thinking of coming. And we don't even have a training season during the, the winter anyway, so it doesn't matter. But... Uh, 
if it's Christmas Day, there's something if you're north of the equator uh, that you long to have snow on Christmas. I don't know if that's just the traditional thing ever since, uh, you know, white Christmas came out. All of us are like, I'm dreaming and we're, we're dreaming of a white Christmas. Right. And so historically, culturally, we, we long for white. And what's interesting is if you are in a house on Christmas, a well-built house, you want snow. You want actually something on the outside that is somewhat challenging. But now imagine you don't have a well-built house or you don't have a house at all. And you hear that five feet of snow is coming to town on Christmas Eve. That's a nightmare. And there's reason to fear. Why? Because you do not have a house. We as believers have a house. And therefore, even when five feet of snow plops down outside of our house, we are secure and we do not fear the effects of that five feet of snow. In fact, we start singing, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and in unison all together now. <laughs> it's because we know where we stand and we know that we are untouchable in that position. We are in a well-built house. His name is Jesus Christ. And we have entered into Christ by faith. And so as a result, it is irrational and illogical to fear something on the outside of the house. However, if you're not on the, in, in that well-built house, you have a very good reason to fear because you do not have the same pr preservation and protection, which is why we as believers want to share the house. We want to say, please, he's open for you. You want you, you can enter into Christ and have that same satisfaction that we have, that same solace of soul, that same security that is found in Christ alone. That's so good. I love what uh, Richard Wormbrandt said in Torture for Christ as <clears throat> as he was take, being taken off to prison uh, the first time, you know, he said, okay, there are 366 commands in Scripture not to fear. Yeah. And, of course, he, he, he alluded to the fact that there's one for every single day of the year plus leap year. And he is, memorized them. And he memorized them, which is powerful <laughs> because he said, well, the day that he got arrested was leap year, yeah. February 29th. And he just said there, it was a, such a great solace to the soul to remind, to remind himself that regardless of the externals and yeah. going to a Romanian prison would be yeah. pretty intense, especially in that, that era. And yet he said, there's no reason to fear. Why? Because the Lord has commanded me not to fear. Yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, in scripture, anytime something's repeated, it's there for emphasis. Yeah. And so when you look at this idea of fear in scripture, mm -hmm. the fact that it's repeated that often, that should actually tell us something that the normal Christian life actually has no fear. That's right. And it's not that, again, there's no, it's not that you don't aren't tempted with fear. Yeah. It's that when that temptation for fear or foreboding or anxiety comes, you know, as, as Philippians 4, 6 says, you know, to be anxious for nothing. Mm -hmm. And that word nothing in Greek literally means nothing. <laughs> it's such a great <laughs> translation. Uh, but we are to be anxious for absolutely nothing. So whether it's the economy or the politics or finances or family stuff or, yeah. you know, uh, to even use the Psalms, you know, the the earthquakes and the mountains are picked yeah. up and thrown in the sea and the, the sky is ripped asunder. Yeah. Even then I shall not fear. Yeah. So we're, we are to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, we're literally with Thanksgiving to make our request known to God yeah. that the same circumstance that was before producing the anxiety in our lives is now to press us to the reality of Jesus. Yeah. And the way I described it often is, you know, if here's God and here's me, if, if the circumstance gets between us, it's going to put pressure and it's going to drive us apart. Yep. But if I get so tight with Jesus that the only space for the circumstance to show up is over here, yep. it's still going to put pressure, but it's going to drive me to him. Yep. And it would just be a wonderful thing to realize that in in the state in which we live, in the, in the craziness of our day, 
that all the issues and all the politics and all the finances and all the craziness that swirls around us actually can be leveraged by Jesus to bring a greater intimacy and Amen. relationship with Amen. him rather than pulling us apart and distracting us. Yeah. Do you have, even just maybe as a practical, if if someone has been dealing with fear and anxiety mm-hmm. and, and foreboding and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, do you have some thoughts of what, what do they need to do mm-hmm. to begin to take steps forward so they can actually mm-hmm. live the normal, fearless Christian life? Yeah. The most foundational thing is to agree with God on this point, because sometimes we'll hear a message like this and get sort of mad at it. There's probably some people mad right now. It's like, no, it's something that I, I don't have a choice. It's I'm, my personality. It's my personality. And fear and anxiety is not a personality thing. It does not mean that certain people aren't more prone to it. It just means it is still something that Jesus delivers every single one of us from. And, and it's the same with everything. We could mention all sorts of things, and there's different people that are more prone to it, but every single one of us has been supplied the grace to be set free from it. Amen. And that's an important foundational point where it's not just a personality thing. It's not a unique problem that I have or you have. It is something that Jesus Christ says, I would like to help you with that. I, my shed blood addresses that. Would you allow me to enter into this zone of your life and bring remedy? And I think our agreement with that is the most foundational thing that can take place. Now, some of us have done that and we're at the place where like, yes, Lord, but we still feel like embattled in this front. And part of that has to do with getting fixed and built upon rock so that when winds and rains beat against your house, you don't collapse every time. And so being built upon rock very practically is knowing the word of God. And so that's one of the most practical ways you can be built upon a rock is to rehearse the word of God and to believe it when you do, not to just as a rote, you know, brainless assignment. It's like, no, and you know, I, I will not fear. Uh, and that that's not the key. It's actually faith in God's word. It's faith in the one who gave us that word, that he will not fail us. And if he's saying, Eric, my furnace is sufficient to supply heat for you in the winter. He says, so do not fear the winter. Well, then it would be irrational for me to fear the winter because my God has said that his furnace is sufficient to supply the heat to maintain a temperate condition in my life and in my house. So why, if I'm struggling with fear over the coming storm, what I should do is rehearse God's word. And I can say, what does God say about, what does God say about my furnace? He says that it will be sufficient for me. Okay. That's all I need to remember. And then I have a rest of soul. Our gaze needs to be heavenward. It needs to be fixed on the person of Christ, the promises of Christ, the word of God, which is unchanging. And it is very applicable for the time in which we live. Amen. Well, if somebody wants to take these ideas even deeper, I would highly encourage them to consider joining us for our upcoming training semester. Uh, we walk this idea of fearlessness. And what does it mean to actually fix our eyes on Christ? How, how do we get into the word and live by faith. And we also have a online version of our training that's going to be released this spring. And so if someone even can't come to our our actual semesters, that's an, another opportunity where someone can actually still walk through some of these concepts, uh, but on an, in an online kind of a version. Mm-hmm. So if you like more information about all of that, you can do so at ellersley.com. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit us at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.